Amen. Thank you, Amanda. You guys can have a seat. Good morning. Good to see everybody today. Uh, glad to be here. It's just good to be in church. It's good to gather and sing and worship and hear from the Lord. If you're watching online today, I want to say hello. Um, if uh, those listening on podcasts as well this week, hello. It's good to have you with us. Uh, this week was an exciting week for my family. Um, uh, I was coaching my son's minors baseball team this year, along with my father-in-law, Ken, and brother-in-law, Dallas. And so we had a really fun year. And we were like the uh, Cinderella team, I think, this year. And I uh, really didn't have much chance. I didn't think of making it too far. Well, lo and behold, uh, I, if we got lucky, blessed, I don't know how you want to frame it, but we made it to Big Friday. And we were able to play in the championship game. And so it was a super, we did not win the championship game, but we were just honored to be there. And so... A very, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> like, that was an honorable second place, men, way to fight. And so we had an awesome, awesome week. And it's also kind of sad because now summer is on the wind down as we look towards the fall and uh, get ready for school and things like that. But it's been a great summer. Um, this morning, I'm excited to communicate. Um, just being up front, I, I, put, oh, I just like, I feel like God has laid this on my heart. And I want to share with you this morning. And so I want to pray one more time and just ask the Lord for boldness, for clarity, clarity of mind, clarity of communication today, and for hearts to receive. Because I really feel like God has something for all of us, especially live church in the current season we find ourselves in now. So can we just pray one more time? Holy Spirit, we come before you today in need of clarity, in need of power, in need of you to do only what you can do. And so we welcome you, we invite you here in this space now. Those watching online, those listening via podcast, whatever it is, wherever they find themselves right now in that space right here, we welcome you. We say speak to our hearts, speak to our soul, our spirit, that we hear your voice today. God, I just pray for clarity and communication. In your name we pray, amen. Well, one thing I know, I think, for certain is that all of us, all of us face moments of crisis in life. All of us face moments of crisis. Everyone in this room, you're watching online, maybe somebody's even painting a room this week or working out and listening to the podcast. There's something we all have in common is that we all face crisis. We have faced or will face moments of crisis. It could have been, could be a health crisis. We went to the doctor, something came up, and boom. It could be a relational crisis. Something went completely south, something changed, didn't see it coming. It could be an employment crisis, financial crisis, maybe a faith crisis. There's emotional crisis, there's church crisis. And if you're a Minnesota sports fan... There's crisis about every game. <laughs> Not to make light of any of the crisis we face, but I want to read to you a definition of crisis. And I found this crisis, I found this online. It says this, crisis is defined as a time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. Does that sound pretty accurate? A time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. Now, I've heard it said in ministry circles, that you're either uh, just coming out of a crisis or you're currently in the middle of a crisis or you are about to enter a crisis or crisis is right around the corner. 
Amen. <laughs> so who came to church today for some good news, huh? Can you show of hands? Yeah, some good news. Crisis is right around your corner. <laughs> nobody, literally nobody lines up in a prophetic prayer line hoping to hear them prophesy over your life that crisis. I see crisis around the corner in your life. I receive that, brother. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> By faith. Nobody likes to hear that. Nobody wants to experience this. And if you're like me, I would even use the word, I, I hate crisis. Do you? I don't use that word lightly. Like, I hate it. Intense times of difficulty, trouble, or danger? Uh, no thanks. How about instead? Doesn't this sound better? How about extended times of easygoing, peace, and safety? I'll, I'll sign up for that prophetic prayer line. <laughs> anyway, amen. And yet, we can do our best to avoid crisis. Yes, we can, we can live in wisdom. We can try to dot all the I's and cross all the T's and protect ourselves. But, but man, it seems like crisis, it finds us all, doesn't it? And you have your story. I have my story. Each one is equally valid. I mean, for some of my kids, their crisis is not getting the right cereal in the morning. Any other parents can relate? I can't believe they, they took all of it. But the truth is today that whatever crisis you're walking through or have walked through, like all of it's so equally valid. And I think we could all share stories the rest of the morning about our personal stories. But has anybody also been to a place of saying this to the Lord? Has your prayer ever sounded like this? Lord, no more crisis. Make it go away. Not something else. Not again, God. What, what now? Has anybody ever been felt a little skittish at times? If you've gone through a, main crisis, a major crisis in life and now you're a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I want to answer that call because last time I answered that call, it was crisis. You know what I mean? And you start getting a little bit like jumpy, a little bit not protect mode and ah, just can wear us down. And I, I know, man, I've felt that. I've had that prayer. God, no more. No, not another thing, not another thing. Peace for but the truth is today that on this side of eternity, we will never, ever fully escape times of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. But as Christ followers, there's this opportunity hidden in every crisis we go through. And I want all of us today, everybody listening in this room or online, to maybe for the first time or to be reminded that there's, some, there's a perspective we can have as Christ followers. And uh, this is what leads us to our main text today. Amanda read it. James, we're looking at, he's a leader in the early church. He's writing to Jewish Christians. He's a half-brother of Jesus. And here's what he is trying to do. He is trying to encourage his readers. And this is what he has the audacity to say. Dear, now imagine like nice, soft, peaceful music. 
with some radio voice, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, I would expect he would say, hold on, because it's soon going to pass. We're going to make it through. But he doesn't say that. He says, consider it an opportunity for what? Great joy. Bro, are you kidding me? The audacity. <laughs> for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Dude, James, are you serious? Where is the empathy? Consider it joy. That feels like a slap in the face. You do not know what I am going through. A couple years ago when we had come back, my wife and I and my family had come back to, to Life Church just to, to reconcile and we were going through this whole painful journey. Remember Tom and Susan, they were here for a time. I came up for prayer, just broken, just in lots of pain, lots of confusion, lots of like, make it go away, God. And I remember Susan saying something along the lines of, oh, I just think that someday you'll look back and you'll just think that these are some of the best times. And I, in that moment, wanted to say something or do something. What? Are you kidding me? It felt like an insult. Like, no, I will never look. But the further I move through, I actually beginning to see more and more like, ah, there was something there. There was a truth there that she was alluding to. And I think James is alluding to the same thing. I want to read another translation in the message translation, the same passage of scripture. It says this, consider it a what sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Anybody ever feel that? Like hit in the front, hit in the back, hit in the side. Just seems like it keeps going around. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. And this part is so challenging to me. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Is that challenging to anybody? So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Because what do we want to do when crisis is coming? Run! Take cover! Protect! Isolate! Hide! And James is saying, no, 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 no. Let it do its work. Let the pressure force your faith life into the open. Interesting. So today, if I can be as bold as James was to his audience and say to you today and say to myself today, I wish I was sitting in the seat today. Are you in crisis? Consider it a sheer gift. And at the same time, I want to acknowledge that crisis is painful. <laughs> it is scary, unsettling, confusing at best, right? It's hard. When we go through stuff, when I talked about like the health crisis or financial or 
church or relational, this stuff is not easy. I'm not making light of anything. I can relate. It hurts. But could we consider today, is it possible to consider this as an opportunity for great joy? Great joy. Why? Because everything is going to work out and be okay? I can't promise that today. I don't know how circumstantially everything will play out in your life. I wish I could do that, but I can't promise that. And it's not that. It's much deeper than that. Why consider it pure joy? It's much deeper. And here's my first point today, is that Christ can now be formed in me. Christ formed in me. Amen. Christ formed in me. Because see, what I know about this is that the shakeup, the, the crisis, is what produces a wake up inside of us. Like, whoa, where did that come from? Panic mode, alarms are going off. What is going on? We wake up. You ever find yourself kind of coasting through life? Everything seems fine. You're just going through the motions. Something abruptly wakes you up. The crisis, the shakeup produces a wake up. And today I want to say, wherever you are, whatever you're going through personally, or whatever we're going through collectively, wake up. Let it wake you up. Let it grab your attention. This is a, a gift. Don't miss it. The pressure forces our faith life into the open to show its true colors. Do you want to know today where your faith truly is? Let the pressure force it into the open. Man, isn't it easy to come to church? to say the right things and feel like we believe the right things, but until the pressure comes, we don't truly know. Until the faith is tested, so is that test a curse or is it a gift to find out where we're truly at? The very thing we maybe despise ends up being the very thing God uses as just such a gift to our life, to grow us. Only God can do that. What a good father. He will use that pain. He will use that, the sin. He will use the crisis, whatever it is in our life. He will take those ashes and he can bring beauty to wake us up. So today, are you coasting? Do you feel comfortable in your journey? Maybe this is the moment. Maybe this crisis that you're going through today, that I'm walking through today, is the moment of growth, the moment of surrender. Maybe this is your moment to allow God to lay you on the surgery table and to allow him to do surgery on your heart. Maybe the crisis you're going through, now is the time to say, pause. Pause. Maybe this is a gift from God to my life to say, Lord, transform me. Do something on the inside. When my wife and I, when we're in, Alexandria, like a while back, I found myself in crisis, so confused, so lost. I didn't know which way was forward. Ah! Anybody ever felt that way? Ah! What is happening? And I felt like God wanted to do this, this deep work on the inside. But like going into surgery with the Lord is like, it's like an invitation. He invites us to the surgery table and we have to respond. He doesn't force but man, then he starts cutting, and he's like, okay, that's good. That's enough. We're good. Let's get off. Let's get on our way. That hurts, Lord. <laughs> Stop. 
Because it's not like he puts you to sleep. It's like you're awake. You feel it all. And I had this prayer, and I don't know where it came from exactly, but it was like, okay, if we're going to have surgery, if I'm going to get on this table, if you're going to open me up, Lord, then God, do your full work. Go all the way. Take it all, because I don't want to have to come back to this place again. If we're going to have surgery, Lord, if we're going to pause, if we're going to open it up, then get it all. If there, if there is cancer there, if there is pride in my heart, God, remove it all. Break it, remove it all. Break it all down. Go after it all, as long as it takes. And man, it took way longer than I thought it was going to take. But there's something I learned And it is this, external trials are an invitation for internal transformation. What are you going through externally? What are the circumstances of life? Friends, consider it a pure joy. This is maybe an opportunity for some deep internal transformation. Willingly submit yourself to his careful hands. There's this song um, by Hillsong, and it's called New Wine. We've sang it couple years, maybe it's been a while now, but I used to sing this song a couple of times. We're not going to sing it today, but I wanted to read you the lyrics. They're going to be on the screen. I just think these lyrics are so beautiful. It says this, in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So I yield to you into your careful hands. Aren't you grateful his hands are careful? When I trust you, I don't need to understand. So make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Because where there is new wine, there is new power There is new freedom, and the kingdom is here. I lay down my old flames to carry your new fire today. Maybe go home this afternoon and listen to that song. It's beautiful. So I have a couple questions as we continue through. What has this crisis, whatever you're going through personally, what we're going through collectively, what has this crisis revealed in you, in me, that is not Christ-like? Isn't that a good question? (laughs) It's their fault. Pointing fingers. Why? You put me in this crisis. What if the question today is, I, I don't know how we got here, but we did. But what if the question is, what has my response, what has this revealed in me, Nicholas, that is not Christ-like? And there is much in my heart that is not Christ-like in my life that God needs to transform. What has your response or what has my response shown about the condition of my heart? As the pressure pushes my faith life into the open and my response is what? Either like steadfastness, security in Christ, peace, or is it like I'm free-falling, screaming, losing my mind? What has the response shown? What a gift, what a gift, what a gift. And how God uses all of this, it just blows my mind away. I know this today, church, that God doesn't waste a crisis. 
God doesn't waste a crisis. Are you glad about that? He doesn't waste one. The question is, will we allow him to use it to mature us? Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. How do you mature in Christ? Through trials. Yay. I just want to come and worship. I just want to come and hear the word of God. That's part of it. How does God mature you? Through trials, through tests, through crisis. So friends, as they come into your life, consider it a sheer gift for Christ is being formed in you. Isn't that the goal? Is this goal to this life comfortability? Is the goal of this life to just have success? Or is the goal of this life to become like Christ? Is that not the, success, the goal of a believer? Is that not what success is defined biblically? And crisis is how God matures us. Are you with me today? I want to shift gears now a little bit. I want to speak a little bit more directly to us as a church today. If I could be so careful to do so. Because I think it's important to, to talk through where, as we journey through times. So, and if you're new today, maybe you're new, like, what's, what's going on? Talk to me afterwards. I'd love to chat. Every church has its seasons of, of things we go through. And we're going through a season right now. I want to acknowledge that. I want to say that. And I want to hopefully just speak truth and the word of God and hope into where we're at today because I feel it in my bones. There's no question. We've been through a time, in, in a time of intense difficulty, trouble, danger. But I want this to be um, something that God does in your heart today. It's my next point, is that Christ would be displayed through me. Where we find ourselves today at church, to remove yourself for a moment from what the church is going through, to look at your own life personally, and to say, okay, we're in time of transition, um, not sure what's really going on, like what's going to happen in the future. Who has the answers to that? Nobody. But here's what I do know. Christ needs to be, can be displayed through you through me, wherever God has called us. So what are we going to do in this time of transition? Be the church. Be the church. In some ways, everything is changing, and in some ways, nothing has changed. Our mission stays the same. Your mission, Christ follower, stays the same. To go, to make disciples. Collectively, yes. And individually, yes. If you are waiting on church leadership to tell you what to do, and if I'm waiting on church leadership just to tell me what to do, then we are immature in our faith. I believe in leadership. I think it's important. I think together we can organize, come together, and do something greater than we could just on our own. I believe in that. I believe in the body of Christ 100%. And I'm going to get to that later. But for a moment, what I want to say is, seek the Lord yourself. What has he called you to do? Where has he placed you? It has not changed. The assignment stays the same. Jesus is still your savior, your king. He will never fail you. And he wrote the book. And he gave you the command. Follow Christ. And I want to ask you this question today. Is Christ being displayed through you 
where he has already placed you? Back in 2019, when everything felt like it blew up in my life, it felt like my identity, everything just shattered. What do I do? And as I've begin to kind of come back into ministry and begin to re-engage, something has profoundly shifted in me where it's like, you know what, I, I'm grateful for the church and I love the bride of Christ, but at the same time, I am going to be, I want to be more of a, a Christ in our community, Christ in my family, kind of separate from or it's not so wrapped up in the identity of a, of a building, of a church or of a name or a pastor or leadership. No, I follow Christ, no matter what church I'm a part of, what community I live in. So wherever God has placed me, if it's on the baseball team, if it's that child who's learning how to play ball, and I want them to, oh, I want them to experience Christ there. Christ has played through me there. Wherever I go through, my, as I, whatever, whatever the, my steps take me, to be more connected and involved in people's lives and not be so dependent upon, tell me what to do, tell me what to do, and I'll just do it. No, Christ has given you assignment, church. Follow him. Let Christ be displayed through you wherever he has taken you. So have you grown tired? Are you tempted to quit? Have you drifted into building your own kingdom more than his? Has a crisis wore you down? I know I've been tempted. Man, so many years of investment, time, energy, and when it feels like everything has been ripped away, like, what do you do? You say, Lord, I want to consider this time as a sheer gift <clears throat> for you to do a work in me so I could be lacking in nothing, lacking in nothing. Um, okay, so real quick, there's... there's I believe where we're at today too, and I'm gonna keep transitioning a little bit, is that now collectively, um, as I look at, 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 the, at, at Life Church and where we've been, where we're going, there is much, there's much work to do. There is much work to do. I have a, I have a quick picture. Can you guys throw it on the screen? Um, this here is, um, there's some woods that we grew up in as kids. We would go hunting, we'd go paintballing through them, we'd uh, snowmobile through them, all the things. And it's just beautiful woods, and I, and I, and I love them because it just has such memories, and I love the woods too. And I always dreamed of, like, you know, maybe owning this land someday and all the things. Well, um, I don't remember how many years ago, three years ago, let's say, some straight-up huge storm came through, straight-line winds, and it blew over. Like, this is a tiny snapshot of all of the acres, 80-some acres, just like, leveled tons of it and it is just like a mess the storm did so much damage and it's, the, it's one of those moments where it's like okay that storm did a lot of damage and we kind of have two options right now either we forget it go buy some new woods <laughs> leave it be let it rot and, but that's going, to take for, that's going to take forever. Or the other option is, because now you can't even like really, it's hard to use the woods. It's hard, you can't, like you can't really even hunt in it. You can't see through anymore. And a couple of my cousins put a trail through it and that was awesome. But it was, or the other option was this, like get to work. Start removing, start cleaning up. And there's new growth coming. 
in church, I think it's kind of representative at times of some, of maybe we'll come, we've gone through like some pretty major storms. Lots of damage. And there's kind of two options. Either like, forget it, I'm out. Or there's much work to do. Let's start cleaning up. Because I believe God wants to do a new thing. And so I look and I said, there's, there's much work to do. There's ministries to rebuild. There's trust to be restored. There's reputation to be restored. There's, there's ministries that God, I feel that collectively. I feel that. And, but here's where I'm at today, that unless the Lord builds the house, I don't want to labor in vain. Psalms 127 says this, if the Lord doesn't build a house, the work of the builders is useless. If the Lord doesn't watch over a city, it's useless for those on guard duty to stand and watch over it. It's useless for you to work from early morning until late at night just to get food to eat. God provides for those he loves even while they sleep. So I sit today and I look and I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't want to labor in vain. But God, but Lord, if you are building this house, then I'm in. If you are building this, God, if you are shaping us, if this pressure is going to be something God uses to mature us, then I'm in. Then let's get to work. That leads me to my last point. Christ displayed through us. Like I said, I would be, I would be lying to say if these past four or five years haven't been embarrassing at times. Man, we all want to feel like, I want to feel like, as a pastor in the church, you want to feel like, we know what we're doing. We have it all together. Come to Life Church. <laughs> where we, we want to, everybody wants us where we look like we know what we're doing. That's why we drive the cars we drive and live in the houses we live in. But how many people know that behind the scenes many times, it's not as it seems. And that's when things fall apart, when crisis comes. Oh, it shows weakness. It shows a need for help. It invites humility. And I know people are watching from the outside, looking into the current situation, some possibly mocking, making judgments, finding a sort of satisfaction. And that part is hard. Some would say it's hopeless. There's too much to overcome. What can I say today, church, that maybe it's a sheer gift? Brokenness is beautiful. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that today. Because my Bible says, when we are weak, who is strong? He is strong. <laughs> In church, I want a strong God working on our behalf, building this house. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Grace is made perfect in our weakness. And I also know that resurrection is not possible without death. So today, I'm not trying to say, church, we've got it all together in and of ourselves. 
I'm not trying to say, sweep it under the rug. Let's act like nothing is wrong. This isn't an intense time of difficulty. This isn't a moment of crisis. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that God is attracted to weakness and humility. Allow this crisis to break you. God doesn't waste a crisis. Let it force your faith life into the open. Let it transform you. Please. For God is attracted to humility. We don't need to be ashamed of our brokenness. We don't have to defend or point fingers, but we can look in the mirror and say, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. But today, what I want to do, and this part feels really risky to me. I'm trying to be as honest as I can today and, and, uh, and, hope, and, and helpful. And this part feels risky. But today I want to offer Life Church hope. Worship team can come on up and get ready. Hope today. Um, I don't want to give like this false hope, like it's risky because it's like, what if I put it all out there? What if I say what I believe? And what if it doesn't work out? Ah! And we all want to like see it all in place and be like, yep. God's all over that. Look, that's easy to do. It all worked out, bro. Like, it doesn't take faith to believe that. But what I was wrestling with today is like, God, what do you, what's the assignment this morning? I want to obey. And my faith is stirred even without seeing what I believe I think God is doing. And I want to invite you into it. All of us, including myself, not to miss this opportunity. And I don't want to give like some false hope, like trust the person, trust, trust, a, trust a, like an organization or like, no, we've got it all together. I'm not giving you that kind, of, that kind of hope today. But what I want to stir in you today, in your spirit today, is put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. He has not changed. He has not failed. He doesn't give up. And he's doing something. He's always doing something. He loves humanity. And I believe there's a new day for this church coming. I see it coming. Can I speak to that for a moment this morning? Um, So put your hope in God. Church matters. Church matters. And whatever, what we pass down to the next generation, it matters. As I look to my children, even that picture, if I see my kids crawling like on the, on the trees and stuff too, and I look at my children now and watching them grow up in this world and, and I was at youth camp too, just wrestling youth, how they're, what they're growing up in, um, in a culture nowadays and all they're having to face and the confusion and the attacks, it's real, man, and it matters and the church matters. I know in my life, the church has been a massive benefit to my life. It has shaped me and molded me. She is not perfect. It has not been perfect. And I will acknowledge that all day long. But it matters. And I have a fire in my bones for the next generation to say, look who is coming, church. Look to the kids. And it matters. And what we build and what we pass down matters greatly. 
And the work we do today will pay dividends for future generations to come. It matters. Culture is shifting. And there's a new generation coming quicker than we realize. We cannot cower in fear. We cannot shrink back. We have to lean in, engage this culture with truth and grace. So today, I say from my heart, by faith, I want to sow my talent, my time, my treasure into this house. Like really? After everything? There's been people like, like, why would you do that? Like, that doesn't make sense. Isn't it time to walk away? How much more can you take? Like, what's going on? I have a different perspective. I want a different perspective. I want a Christ-like, like, God, use this to transform me. I don't want to be the same. And also, I say, I want to sow my life into this house again. For I believe that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And I want to give my life to the mission of the church because I believe in it. I do, I do, I do. So I see things emerging and then we're going to worship. Here's what I see, practically speaking. I see a youth ministry who's who's no doubtedly been through tons of transition. I was part of that back in, in 2019. Like it's been, the youth ministry has been through so much transition, but currently as I meet, as I met with some of the leaders, I was at youth camp, I'm like, oh man, I see things emerging. I see a vision for the future in youth ministry. I see a group of leaders, lay volunteer leaders right now, like 10 of them showing up serving week in, week out. I hear their hearts. I see them pouring into the kids. And I say, yes, that's what it's all about. I was at youth camp and just able to observe these people in action. It's like, I want my kids to be a part of this. This is awesome. Um, kids ministry. Did you know this morning there was a room full? I mean, I don't know how many leaders are going out to the kids camp, but it's like, so many, 20-some leaders going to serve, like, almost 60 students. That sounds like a party. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like some intense difficulty, trouble, and danger. That's a crisis waiting to happen. No, we pray protection and blessing over those children. Amen. But there's a whole room of leaders being led by the staff this morning, going after, ready to go, ready to serve at kids camp. I see it emerging, it's beautiful. I see vision, I see energy, I see a whole team of leaders, it's exciting. This fall we're gonna launch Sunday school, like for real, for real. We're gonna launch Sunday school for the children, um, babies all the way up to 12th grade. We see it as an awesome opportunity for children to be discipled in the way of Jesus. So we need teachers, we need people to help watch babies in the nursery during that time because we're also going to offer adult classes as well. So if you want to grow in Christ this fall, there's opportunity to come. Kevin's going to lead a whole series on conflict resolution, which sounds amazing. Um, we have a couple other courses we're working on. 
but we're going to have, so we're going to have Sunday school classes for you to, to grow and develop your faith. Um, we need teachers to, to lean in to be ready to teach the children because it matters. Uh, we have Oaks of Righteousness still going on. There's a whole group of people still leading and training and bringing people through Oaks of Righteousness, inner healing. That's still going on. Stephen Ministry is still going on, strong. They are meeting. They're meeting with people, walking them through grief, being Jesus in the midst of crisis. Hospital visitation. Do you know there's a whole team of people visiting people in the hospitals when someone is there, they go and they be Christ there. It's beautiful. That is happening still. I see the current grouping of elders and future elders going through training, a 12-week course to say we need to do better, we need to learn, we need to grow, and they're embracing that. Um, there's an addiction recovery facility here in town, and we've been connected with them. Like they've been showing up, like 16-some guys, that someone texted 16 guys want to show up and be a part of the church, but potentially give their life to Christ and be baptized here at Life Church to grow. It's exciting, yes. It's just happening. Productive Alternatives has reached out to us and saying, can we do a, 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 a Bible study for our, for our clients? Like 20-some clients, maybe more, want to come weekly. So we might do it in the gathering space and, and host a Bible study for the people at Productive Alternatives. It's happening, church. These are the days I've prayed for and hoped for, and it seems to be emerging. <laughs> It's falling in our laps. We have a missions trip coming up to Guatemala in January. If you have any inkling, say, I should maybe go on that. Yes, this is the Lord speaking. Go. These trips will change your life because we're not going to just focus on us and consume. We're going to be the church in our community and across the world. Go to Guatemala. I know we just helped raise money to build. Brandon shared the, the testimony last week of the house being built. Yes. This stuff matters, and this is what I want to be a part of. Operation Christmas Child, we're going to, be, we're going to facilitate all the boxes here at the church. Um, this church is going to, I believe it, fill a ton of Christmas boxes to give literally all of We are doing the hands and feet of Jesus. We have worship nights coming up this fall. We're going to go after the presence of God and seek his face. And I have one more thing, and I'm really excited about this. I feel like it's from the Lord. We're going to do a massive Halloween outreach this year. I, I, um, I, we talked about it with the elders, approved it with the elders, and here's the vision, is that we're, it's already booked, I already got the deposit down, but um, Spies Riverfront Park, um, I think is the perfect location, but the idea is that we would do kind of what we did at Life Fest before, but let's do it downtown. I think the location's amazing, and if the weather's bad, we can plan B here, whatever, we'll figure it out, but I think it's an awesome location to do it there where it's centrally located in town. And where we can have the best Halloween, like, everybody come. Bring your dog, bring your cat, bring your mom. Everybody come. Have that place filled with balloons and carnival games and candy, 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 candy. And say, community, come. Why? Because we just want to bless you. We want it to be a safe place, a warm place, a fun place for your children to encounter Christ just through the love of his people. So we're, we're gearing up. There's lots of planning. we got to pull this off. We need 40 to 50 volunteers. I believe we can do it. I'm excited about it. So this year, Spies Riverfront um, Park Halloween Outreach Bonanza. We'll have more information coming. 
But we, what we want to do is collect candy here. So if you're just going through Walmart and you're like, oh, candy's on sale, stock up. Drop it off at the church. We're going to collect from now to Halloween. And we are going to love our community. So here's my vision, or not my vision, but I think here's the, um, here's the, the gist of the message today is that Christ would be formed in us. We have to be transformed from the inside out. This isn't just, let's go be busy. Let's just go ignore. No, 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 no. This is humble yourself before God. Let him change your heart. Let him transform you. And also, we are going to be Christ. We're going to have Christ displayed through us, both at the same time. Jesus, change me. Make me more like you. I repent. And also, God, use me right where I'm at to love the people around me. Amen. 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 That's all I have for now, can we stand and can we worship Jesus this morning, church? Can we sing these songs and give him the glory and the praise that he alone deserves? So today, Live Church, let's put our hope in Christ. Let's thank him for what he has done. Let's worship him today. Come on, if you want to just lift your hands right now, just wherever you are, if you feel comfortable, Jesus, love you. Thank you for loving us. Right now, God, we bring to you a sacrifice of worship, of praise. Stir our faith, God. The best days are ahead of us. You are not finished with us yet. And God, I pray that this season we are in, you would transform us. You would be displayed through us. God, do what only you can do. Be glorified in this place. I pray that this house would be a house of worship, of praise to our King. It's in the name of Jesus. Amen.